Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey listeners, thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Mailtopia podcast. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about the award-winning Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. This weekly, actual-play fantasy tabletop podcast features a mixed-ability group of comedians, improvisers, gamers, and writers as they play the extended role-playing campaign Erasing the Line on a Pathfinder system. Follow Zolf, the Dwarven Cleric, Cell, the Half-Elf Alchemist, Hamid, the Halfling Sorcerer, and Azu, the Orc Paladin of Aphrodite as they weather everything GM Alexander J. Newell throws at them on their adventures through and beyond an alternative version of London. At over 250 bingeable episodes, this podcast is sure to be a critical hit for your playlist. So search for Rusty Quill Gaming on your favorite podcast platform, or visit RustyQuill.com for more information. and Hazel moved through the house like ghosts, their actions a malaise born of similar yet vastly different misfortunes. They gathered what few things they might need for a trip to the curious woods. Under the direction of Spider Black, they were being sent to rescue their fellow passengers. They didn't speak when they met in the foyer of the house, only nodding to one another before leaving, the fog swallowing them into its shifting mass. Hazel couldn't help but notice Eric's unease while she drove down the darkened road. His grip upon the door handle whitened every time she accelerated. She also found it odd that he insisted, with some obvious apprehension, that she drive, or as he put it, pilot the conveyance. She found herself feeling for the man. He was a picture of despair, undoubtedly having taken an especially bad turn in the machine perhaps even worse than her own. Hoping to free him from whatever gloom was upon him, she proffered a conversation. I take it you know Spider too? She asked, her tone light. Eric took a deep breath, as if preparing himself for something long and arduous. Yes, he tended to all of us when we left the machine, hissing into our ears, telling and teaching us what he would. Eric shifted in his seat while he spoke focusing on the small computer display recessed into the dash, its screen shattered and dark. And no, I have no idea what he is, let alone what business he has with us. His gaze lifted to the sky, where the breaking dawn revealed the sagging belly of the never-ending storm. None of us have even the slightest clue. Who or what are these over-sapiens? Hazel asked, 
her place in the world growing darker by the moment. You seem to know what Spider meant when he said they'd intercepted your friends. Eric didn't look away from the sky. Test subjects. They were placed, or forced, into the Melangian by Nazi scientists sometime during World War II, while the thing was in their possession. Which is to say, they're like us. His focus landed near, but not fully upon, his new colleague. Hazel, this... This isn't going to be easy, I'm afraid. The monotonous sounds of the road filled the void between them. The regressor was at a loss of words or footing, and Eric seemed disinclined to say more than was asked of him. While she suspected something awful from the trip, she refused to think about it, preferring the gravity of her strange new life to simply pull her along, careless and numb. But now she was heading into a fight. She could be killed, or perhaps worse she could be forced to kill. She remembered the men she reduced to ancient bones, their screams ringing down the halls of her mind. Hazel needed to say something. Have you guys ever encountered these people before? Once before, in Dismith. We'd been instructed to go there and hunt them down. Spider Black had given us something of a debriefing on what we could expect, but we were woefully underprepared. Hazel couldn't imagine Eric hunting anything, let alone paranormal Nazi mutants. But then she recalled the strange device he wore beneath his sleeve and the gift he mentioned receiving from the machine. Eric continued after another deep breath. We were ambushed on the docks. As luck would have it, if such an entity has any meaning or currency any longer, we prevailed. But contrary to our imperative, we gleaned very little about the creatures we were sent to confront, as we'd come away only with their underlings to show for our efforts. Spider seemed not to mind the setback, and directed us to return to Deadwitch to await further instruction. His voice dropped a bit as he finished what Hazel assumed an anorexic summary of events. Mars, Keith and Lynn, your fellow passengers, were just recently dispatched to seek out more of the creatures and for whatever reason I was asked to stay behind. But it seems the Oversapiens found them first. Hazel's mind nearly choked from additional questions, all of them bloated fat and empty from Eric's undernourished insights. As she was about to launch into her next question, her companion fixed on a point somewhere just ahead, his apparent disgust sharpening the angles of his face into a pronounced grimace. She followed his gaze to a spot next to the road, where the stones of a small country cemetery peered from between tall bunches of switchgrass. Eric turned his head from the sight, his neck muscles bulging from the force of the effort. It was too obvious and strange a reaction for Hazel to ignore. Oh my god, are you okay, Eric? Do you need me to pull over? No, no, just, um, just drive as fast as you're able. If you wouldn't mind, uh, just until we're past the next hill, he nearly pleaded, providing no explanation for his request. Hazel complied, assuming some type of danger, a danger her companion thought potent and frightening enough to keep to himself, but for the instructions on how to avoid it. As the speeding car passed the small graveyard, Eric began to tremble. Hazel could feel a swelling fear in him. She forced the needle of the speedometer horizontal, and the car leapt forward with a roar, 
A coldness began to creep into the bones of Eric's mind as something drew close to him from the other side of life, as if he were being lowered into a grave, a feeling that was never far afield of his dreams or memory. A voice of ice and thunder invaded Eric's thoughts. She's fond of you, dear brother. That pretty little bird of prey. She worries about you. Needlessly, of course, as I'm always here to protect you. Always. Most fortunate of all, there's death on her, sweet and boundless. From down here, I can see so much of the world. That greatest share of itself owed entirely to the grave where whited bones hang in the black soils of a subterranean sky, like so many dull, broken stars. It is by their empty, worm-eaten lights that I can see so clearly the death bird by your side. She's more than a trifling foot deep into the grave herself. Of that, you can be assured. Please, please just leave me in peace. I've no desire to speak to you, even less to hear you speak of her, Eric replied, quivering a bit for the effort. Ah, now I see for true. You see Elizabeth in this one, yes? Of course you do. Then shall I protect her as well? As you would have Elizabeth, had you only the strength. Shall I spare you her screams? Only say the word, sweet Eric, and she will be dearest to my blackened heart, second only to yourself, naturally. I will rend earth and sea and sky to save her flesh from rot and ruin. I shall lay waste to all who would even wish her ill, as well as their houses, chattel and childer, in all things begotten by their blood and treasure. The earth shall become a grim garden of her foes, fruiting corpses, and I will tend it with peerless vigilance and vim. Would this not please you, brother? Eric shuddered at the visions now painted across the tomb of his mind. You dirty thing, you'd best keep your hands from her. Your affections are nothing less than predations, and you've no heart at all, black or otherwise. His thoughts shot out like steam escaping a boiling kettle. The thing inside him chuckled, an amused thunderhead. <laughs> Not so, dear brother. Have I not a heart to kill for you, to crush the life from any who oppose you? Have I not offered you bouquets of reddest brains and blood, carpeted your very path with the steaming skins of your adversaries? Why, I revere you, sweet brother. I conjure death so deftly for no one save you. I simply want to secure the happiness that should have been yours. 
and Elizabeth's so long ago. So very long ago. Can you still see her face, Eric? Does it resemble this one's? Have no worries, dear brother, for I shall keep her safe. Eric looked to be in a trance. His eyes had long lost their focus, his hands outstretched and unmoving. Hazel pulled over and laid him upon the ground, calling out his name. Still unable to rouse him from the stupor, she began shaking him, slightly at first, then with increasing force bordering on violence. A specific horror began materializing in her mind, drawing the blood from her lips and riling her heart. A horror wherein she might be left to travel alone, confronting, attacking, monstrous, faceless opponents on the behalf of her equally monstrous and faceless allies. She began slapping his face. Just before her hands became fists, his eyes blinked open, a bewildered look resurrecting his once lifeless features. Hazel, where, where are we? Eric sputtered, his eyes darted about. Hazel exhaled her terror and fear in one breath, unclenching her hands. You are completely unresponsive, Eric. What the hell is going on with you? Or is this just another aspect of your gift from the machine? Jesus, I'm sick of all this shit. She stood up and turned from her prone companion, a mess of questions and accusations entangling her mind. Eric appeared no less pleased by the circumstances, furrowing his brow and rising to his feet. Yes, Hazel. Yes, indeed, it is. And just as your secrets are your own, leave mine to me. Or shall I press you on how you managed to regenerate the old chair and even the rotted wooden floor? His anger surprised her. Trust me, in short order, we likely wish we had never learned each other's secrets. They're certainly bound to come out soon enough. He pressed his fingers to his temples, their tips whitening. Can you please, for the love of God... Allow me the luxury of keeping them for as long as I am able. A familiar silence stepped between them, allowing the natural sounds of the woods their sway. Eric continued to rub his temples for a time, turning toward her with a deep breath. Look, I'm truly sorry I frightened you. I didn't expect him... I didn't expect that would happen, Hazel. I wish I could make all of this easier on you. I just... I just don't know how. Hazel felt her last suspicions of the Englishman fall away. Again, his honesty, his emotions, were as clear and genuine as a summer's sky. She was more relieved in that moment than any since the machine. She had made a connection with someone, a real human being. A person who cared, in his own way, for how she felt. Eric hung his head and made his way back to the car clearly ashamed for yet another outburst. Once they were both situated behind the dash and ready to rejoin their quest, Hazel held his pale gaze, making certain he absorbed what she was about to say. It means a lot to me, Eric, that you'd even want to help me. Thank you. Byron Ditch wasn't startled by the hundreds of townspeople filing into the nearby woods moving with an effusion of movement and speed, their collective regard sweeping across the tree-lined hill in almost mechanical unison. 
although they were lockstep, there was an inherent casualness to them, as if a lone person's characteristic gait had somehow been transposed to the movements of many. Nor was Byron surprised when several of them entered the dining room turned war zone of the last stag restaurant, pushing aside the overturned tables and chairs as they made their way towards him. One of the curious foresters, a trim blonde man, drew up in front of the werewind while the others lifted the fallen passengers from the floor and carried them away. City secure, Byron, the man said. Frankly, I'm glad you called. I was looking to stretch my legs, if you'll pardon the expression. The newcomers smirk at the food splattered across the floor. Pluck them right out of their dinner plates, eh? Stealth really doesn't occur to you, does it, Henry? returned the werewind, rising from his seat. No, not really. It's not a tool I have very much use for, Henry answered, eyeing the nearly inverted customers lying in red ruin upon the floor. Honestly, I'd rather like giving myself away, and even then most don't really understand what's happening. Still, it can all get so boring. Fascination perishes with age, I'm afraid. People are at their most vulnerable when they're eating, Henry, Byron instructed. They're focused. Too much so. Indulgence is ever the friend of the would-be assassin. Yet, these Malsapiens had some idea I was here. Even the thin air can no longer be trusted to pass unnoticed, it seems. He placed his hands over his cheeks, seeking out the small crease that would allow him to dislodge the mask that allowed him to pass for human. It came away with a hiss of compressed air, revealing the gray metal grating that became most of his face from the tops of his cheeks all the way down to the top of his neck. The metal portions were not the crude imposition of some kind of machine, but the smooth transition of flesh marrying metal. With the disguise removed, his voice lowered, assuming its customary mechanical tenor, a sound that was at once as cold as wintered iron, yet as vital as surging venom. They were looking for Abraham, as the fates would have it. That's how I crossed paths with them. Truly. Henry asked, interested in this latest development. What could they want with that old traitor? I would imagine the same sort of things we want from him. Byron mused. But we'll know more in very short order. Henry turned around and tilted his head. We might have a problem. One of the captives, the one with the caved-in chest, doesn't seem to be doing very well at all. He's sweating up a storm and shaking. You might have been a bit overzealous with that one. The werewind recollected the sounds of Mars's ribs snapping inward. Had he a face designed for such things, he would have smiled. Must all of them be intact? Might we simply allow this one to expire? I was told to bring all of them back alive, Henry replied, shaking his head as if to share his exasperation for the instructions. I will bring him to the hospital and get the best doctors and curious forests to look at him, such as they are. Since we might be forced to linger here a stretch, it would be prudent to determine whether we might expect guests, don't you think? Indeed, Byron mused. Theirs was the group that gave Antonio some problems in Dismuth, and by my count, we're sure to remember. Eat the woman with chains, make sure to keep her sedated. As for the remaining man, have him brought down into the cellar before he wakes. I have that one's measure like no other. 
Sounds and songs are like every other living thing upon the planet, Henry. They need to breathe. Another smile tempted the cold iron of the werewind's face. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Maltopia Podcast. For early access to the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes videos, and more, join our community at patreon.com slash maltopia. For original artwork, YouTube narrations, merch, and more, visit our website at maltopia.com. And for the latest news and updates, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On behalf of Mark, Steve, and Walker here at Maltopia, we thank you very much for your support. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.